Hello, I'm Josh Shreve and welcome to What's in the Bag. Each episode, I'll be asking my guests just that question as we sit down and go through five important items that they brought along in their bag. I have absolutely no idea what these items are going to be, but all I know is that they're related to music in some way. This time around, it's Afia Kafour, who's a presenter and acne activist at Don't Pop That Spot. And we talk about changing views on acne, her West End debut, and her one true love that is Notting Hill Carnival. So let's ask Afia, what's in the bag? So today's guest on what's in the bag is Afia Kufour. Um, and I've been wanting to get you on for ages, Afia. Um, I know. How are you doing? How's it going? I'm really good, thank you. I think I'm still in lockdown, like my own version of it. Um, haven't really been out anywhere, but I'm just making the most of being at home and you having the internet, really. But things are going well, yeah. The main thing when I think about you, Afia, is that you are so positive every time I see you. You bring amazing positive energy. Now, we're obviously, as you've said, kind of still in this weird lockdown at the moment. How have you been affected by it? Have you have you found it okay? Have you found it a struggle at times? What's your experience been with it? Yeah, so if I break it up into like pre-uni and post-uni, I think around the time when it was like, right, you've got to do this massive dissertation, barely have access to much resources, and I've got this massive, I think it was 10,000 words, can't even remember anymore, but a 10,000 word essay to do. At the time I was like, gosh, like, this is going to impact my uni work quite a lot. But in the end, actually, I think being at home kind of just had me focus. I wasn't distracted by anything or anyone. Um, And I actually... I was actually lucky that exams were just online and I thought, you know what, this is a walk in the park because (laughs) I don't have the stress of that entering the exam um, hall, leaving your notes by the door and thinking, gosh, I'm not going to remember those 400 pages. That All that was gone. So I had a really calm exam season and a really calm end to third year. Well, congratulations on completing uni. And I think you... Uh, put on your Instagram the other day saying that you feel like you've been busier in quarantine than usual how how have you, how's yeah. that been with like the uni and and doing stuff like you you obviously host panels as well and you've been hosting yeah. like live performances that people have been doing we've been seeing a lot of those because as we're doing now people just trying to make the most of what they can and still kind of do their jobs essentially from home how's that all been juggling that yeah do you know what I think it's all, as much as I keep saying coronavirus is the worst thing that has happened in my lifetime. Like, I've never seen anything like that similar to you. I mean, we've never been through anything like this. But at the same time, I mean, work-wise, I think it's been a blessing because all throughout uni, that was kind of my debate. Because I think also once you go to the BBC before you go to uni, there's not really much incentive then to go. So that was my constant battle with myself, like... Do I go to uni or do I not? If I go to uni, I'm not going to have time to do all the things I love to do. So I did end up going, which has been great. But all throughout those three years, I was constantly having FOMO of the events that people were at, at the shifts that people were getting, the promotions that people were getting. And I used to just really, like, that was a big thing to get over. And I think Corona happening at the end of my uni career almost made me, like, kind of graduate early and be free. So literally kind of it was lucky that so that for example let's say I was asked to do an event where I typically might have had to say no because of a test the next day 
because I had like at home exams and <laughs> less pressure and I'm at home and I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to pay for anything. I've been able to just say yes to absolutely everything whilst being in lockdown and still managing to do uni. Whereas in whilst uni was happening before Corona, I'd have to say no to things. I missed out on so many different things. I'll never forget missing out DJing for OV. That, oh, that still <laughs> From Love Island. That, from Love Island, yeah. I missed out on my moment to make my move, but it's okay. <laughs> that was my biggest one. But apart from that, yeah. It was sad. Something that's a bit closer to home for you, and I, I really am interested in talking about because it's an issue which um, I sort of struggle with in my teens, actually, in my late teens, is your sort of acne activism that you, you post about all the time and particularly on your um, page, Don't Pop That Spot, on Instagram. Um, talk to me about that. How, how long have you been doing that and when did you decide? It was obviously a, an issue for you that was quite personal and you can say annoying you really getting you down trying to find ways to sort of help with your skin but at what point do you go okay I'm gonna document this process but also try and help others it was the beginning of third year so September 2019 because I always had this theory that I'm only spotty because of uni because it all started when I was in year eight roughly so I was like 11 12 um and that was just your usual acne. Not, I wouldn't have given it the term acne, but it was heavier than your teenage spots. It was getting a bit, it was getting worse, basically. And mm-hmm. um, so I had that period through like secondary school, um, went on tons of antibiotics and had that whole period. Then I was like sixth form slash first year that I think my skin was actually pretty much completely clear. Um, and I had barely any issues. It'd just be like, more typical, like, every now and then, one spot rather than, like, a full face of just constantly having breakouts. So I, I kind of thought I was healed, like, woo, it's done, <laughs> like, we're all good. This is, like, the breakthrough, time for my glow up, all of that. Um, but then in third year, the, exactly when I started, um, it literally came back. And this time, it was, this time it was the worst that it had ever been. So it was, like, a brand new face. It was just, I'd never seen anything like it. So I was like, right... I'm going to document it because I thought... Because it kind of had a similar thing to do with the fact that I present and want to be a presenter essentially full-time. And I thought that I'm not going to be able to be a presenter if my face looks like this. So I had that kind of thought and I thought, because I don't see anybody else that has that and it's not going to be the most attractive thing to see on television at prime time where it's where I want to be and that's not going to be what people like book it's just not going to happen then after thinking that for a couple of weeks whatever I was like actually why not and then you start looking into it and it's like actually got my stats 95% of people all across the world will have acne at some point between the ages of 11 and 30 it's like basically we all we all will have it at some point and that should not be um you shouldn't think that that's going to hold you back, I'd say. So I kind of try to flip it on its head and make it more publicised that it is so common. So I thought, let me start this page. Um, and the name came from, like, a play on the fact that, you know, you go to places you're around, like, people on a day-to-day basis and their one advice is always, oh, just don't pop your spots. Like, that's all you're doing. That's causing it. 
And I was like, well, no, it's kind of a bit deeper than that. So I called it Don't Pop That Spot because apparently that's all you're not meant to do. And once you don't do that, you're healed. But it's definitely deeper than that. I didn't actually expect people to, like, get in touch with me and be like, thank you for doing this. Like, you make me feel seen. You make me feel less lonely. Oh, I'm on these tablets. How have you found it? And, like, there's a whole community of people that are going through the exact same thing. And there was this one girl... And she was, she, I think she's 18. And only until I started my page, like a couple months down the, line, down the line, she posted her first ever selfie on Instagram because of my page. Like prior to seeing someone with acne on Instagram, she was, didn't feel confident enough to put a picture up of her actual face, which wow. Instagram is for. Yeah. And yeah, the page made her post her first selfie at 18, which I think is crazy. That's amazing with the story of that girl, because I, I guess some people will be listening to this and going like, oh, it's a selfie and it's online or whatever. But actually, that's a symptom of not being able to feel like you can go out with your friends or like yeah. be seen in public some days because you're just so self-conscious about your about your skin. Well, I was going to ask, did you think there was nothing out there really for people suffering from acne or obviously the skin products and dermatologists and doctors as you've said but in terms of actually a front-facing account that's sort of dealing with it mm. face on if you pardon the pardon how did you, did you find mm. that there was nothing really like that I don't know what I thought I was doing to be honest I just thought I think it was kind of like you know at this point, because I also used to have a YouTube channel, I still have one, but it's less active, let's say. But it used to be regular, and I used to just post things here and there. And I thought, this isn't actually authentic anymore, and not really true to myself. And I think what's currently going on my on in my life now is this acne thing. And if I'm gonna, you know, be vocal about something and also use like my media background. Um, to good use then it should be something that I'm actually passionate about rather than just this is how I do my hair this is me going out today with my friends like that's all fun and you know I like vlogging and talking to the camera and stuff like that but I needed something that had more substance and I think it's also kind of it's become therapy for me in a sense that I can like offload this acne thing that I'm currently dealing with and it happened to be that there's a there's like thousands of other people doing the same thing and it's a community and people share um they share products they share advice they all these different things so my initial reasons for going into it wasn't like oh i need to be that person that stands up for acne um don't like to say sufferers but people that are going through acne i didn't want to be that person um but now that i'm in it i've recognized that not only um, is it needed but it's also needed um, in the media I think so many different things like diversity is such a big thing but I think that should expand further to um, not just race and ethnicity of course that's important but also people with skin conditions that kind of should come under what how we're trying to make this media industry more diverse like diverse in other ways as well i was just gonna say it's it's like you say about um oh no one would want to see someone with bad skin on tv kind of yeah, thing it's like why? no that is that's real life <laughs> you know what i mean exactly it's mad it all comes under the same thing well i wish 
rewinding back to 18 year old me that I could have been looking oh. at an Instagram page like yours. So just tell us it's at, is it at don't pop that spot? Yeah, at don't pop that spot. <laughs> Afia, let's turn to the main reason you're here. I want to find out five music-related items uh, about you. What is your first item, please? We're going to have to start off with my iPod Nano. This was dear to my heart. I actually made an Instagram (laughs) post about it um, (laughs) because I came across it. I mean, I couldn't get my hands on it now. When you gave me this task... I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just get my five things. I'll dig them out. I'm telling you, I went through every drawer, every, like, memory box. I couldn't find these things to hand. Like, I'm honestly not... I haven't moved house or anything. Like, I actually don't know where they are. Honestly, I literally was looking everywhere and I was like, Nando's vouchers, Nando's receipts. (laughs) Like, those things I can get quickly. But this, I don't know where it actually is anymore. But I did find it. um, And I... Should I read the caption? It was cute. I was like dug out this little fella this morning and it's just reminded me why I love music and why I started this grind in the darkest most loneliest of times this was honestly my savior not going to stop till I'm able to share music and champion artists for a living motivational yeah so that was like a throwback when would you have been using this iPod nano hmm. I remember getting it for Christmas I must have been because I remember I, I must have been maybe like year five I remember getting it for Christmas and it was my upgrade from my MP3 stick or MP3 player. Yeah. I would have mentioned that, but I think getting this was like the, like this was the bigger moment. And I used to just love it. All my songs, getting them from iTunes. It was a fun, fun time. And I think if I elaborate on the caption, because it was kind of deep, I think having like, I think music in general has just been a massive part of my life. Like, I mean, I'm a only child, well, my mum's only child, so I've lived, like, as an only child my whole life. Um, so I was never really, until recently, I've never really been, like, a blast music out of speakers for, like, everyone to hear, because there's actually just me. <laughs> so it's a quite a personal thing in my headphones, in my earphones, and my iPod Nano was just, like my best friend and it was pink love pink still love pink and yeah I used to just oh what a great time I used to have like it had podcasts back then as well oh what were they they back in the day weird like I never I thought I used to think like that was like the adult section like don't go there but I used to have like photos on there it was so cool and I used to love that noise do you know the noise that it makes the like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to love that. I don't know why, but yeah. That is, it's um, so, it's so bright pink. And I remember I used to have, because they used to have bright. very striking adverts, didn't they? Um, very oh. bright, colourful. And it was like, you know, that's what Apple do best. They just draw you in straight away. Um, but oh, I, I had, in. unfortunately, I never made it to iPad, iPod Nano. I had the like little shuffle. running one. The shuffle, rubbish. All right. Do you know what? My grandma has that one. <laughs> She dug it out the other day and still uses it now. <laughs> that one, I did I I like the shaking aspect. I think the nano used to shake as well and change music. Could you shake it? All I know what, was the shuffle. Oh, I didn't oh, know wait. that. The shuffle had like the clip, so you could like I used to like w- wear it on the school bus, like it's my time. <laughs> Um, looking real that was cool. cool. I think with that, the only thing I didn't like is that you couldn't just select what you wanted. It was very much 
just pick of the draw. Whatever we're going with, we're going with. Yeah. The original shuffle was basically like turning up to a house party and just putting literally (laughs) shuffle on. Like, you don't necessarily want that in your personal, like, space. You kind of want to, as you say, be able to pick your your Mm -hmm. own. Um, When you think back to this time using this iPod, what are the sort of the sort of albums or artists that you would have been listening to at the time on it? Right. So, to be honest, I'm not much different now, but back then, I loved musical theatre. I was a big ABBA fan, like, off the back of Mamma Mia. I was all over that. (laughs) ABBA was there. Beyonce, Rihanna. I remember actually winning. But there was this magazine, I don't know if it still exists, I feel old now, called Girl Talk. And at the back would always be the little competition, like, oh, when did Ponder Replay by Rihanna come out, for example? Obviously, I knew my stuff. I used to, like, write it out on, like, a little piece of paper, put it in an envelope, have to, like, send it to Girl Talk's headquarters. And I actually won the competition... I think I won, like, the Umbrella single. I think it was around that time. I was so happy. And back in those days, that's, like, literally winning, like, a gold-plated record. Literally, because I thought, me? Like, (laughs) you know these things that you apply and you just think no one ever wins? Like, it's probably they give it to their daughter or whatever. But I got that single sent to me. Very happy girl. You get to see kind of part of that joy now working in the industry you are because you'll work on Mm. stuff where it's, like you might phone up someone to get them on the radio or to play a game on the radio. And yeah. they're like... Oh. I get the joy. Yeah. I, I get... That's why I'm, I always love doing the phones because I'm just like, are you excited? As I would have been excited. Like, this is great. You're going to smash it. Get on air. Show us what you got. I love all that. Because I would have been that person. <laughs> but I never used to call into radio, actually. I wish I did. I actually called into radio once. Um... I think it was Radio X at the time, which was XFM. And I'd requested Arctic Monkeys. It hadn't been played. And then I'd gone and done a driving test and failed it. So I texted in like, if you'd played Arctic Monkeys, mm. I would have I would have passed. And then he phoned me up right there and then and was like, right, tell the nation what you've just texted me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I failed my test. And it was it was horrible. Oh. <laughs> Haunted <laughs> ever since. Um well, that is a trip down memory lane with the Nano. Can we go on to your second item, please, Afia? This is a big one. I was in Joseph um, and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat as a kid. And this is <laughs> my mum taking pictures from her seat of the stage, which I don't think you're even allowed to do. So they're not <laughs> the best pictures. But then the middle one is like our whole crew. And Lee Mead, who was Joseph at the time, oh, wow. used to be obsessed with him. <laughs> Lee Mead. Wait a minute, I recognise yeah. that name. Was this the TV show where? Do you they... remember Andrew Lloyd Webber's Joseph Search? Oh my goodness! I this yeah. is amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. So this. Oh oh my goodness! So when you just held up those photos, then I was like, oh, it looks like a school play, but actually, that's amazing. Yeah, it's Lee Mead, Lol, and me and the group. How old were you when you were in this? I was in year five, I think. So again, everything happened in year. Year five. <laughs> um, so yeah, like nine, ten. Because I'm born in like July, so like I was later. So nine-ish, I think. So yeah, that was like the highlight of my life still to this moment, I still think. Um, I mean, there have been other amazing things, but as a kid, like I was over the moon to do that. It was a very fun time. What was it about it? And what do you think has sort of 
developed you into who you are now? Was it the fact you get to quite literally be on stage and present yourself to an audience? Or was it more the actual like acting and singing aspect? Oh, it's weird because I think originally like my career plan, I think I I used to want to be an actress. Then it used to be like, I want to be in musicals. And it's funny because I remember in year five, like at the beginning of the year, um, we had to make a fat file and my wish was like, right, I want to be in a musical. And like a couple weeks into year five, I like, ended up in a musical and I like, I did go to school, but I used to miss school a lot. And I was just living my life and I was like, yeah, that's it, guys. <laughs> I've done it. I've, my dreams come true. Will I do year six? Nah, like I'm I'm gone. I'm gone. Um, but it didn't actually work like that. It, it doesn't work like that. Because Joseph actually ended up um, like they stopped it. Um, so I done... I wasn't like the last cohort, but like the one from last and then the last cohort got cut. Um, But yeah, no, at the time, I just recognised that I loved um, performing, loved singing, loved dancing. I loved, I never really was shy in front of strangers. Sometimes I think I'm more shy in front of people that I actually know. Like if I don't know you, you can't say anything about me because it's never going to get back to me because I don't (laughs) know you. So I'm all like, hands jazz handy i'm i'm ready for it um when you were doing it how often were you actually at school then were how often were you sort of rehearsing and stuff what was the split like i mean i say i used to miss school all the time it felt like that because there was no other kid that would be like all right guys i'm off (laughs) gotta do my stuff it was literally just me um and then there was two other girls in my class because i actually found out about it um through a teacher who just saw the advert um, at like our local music center wow what so a talented school you had <laughs> yeah no well yeah i don't even know we had like one girl in the year below who got it and then three of us in my class so we used to just go off together like yep off we go but it was a lot of late nights um and yeah i think I'm, maybe i've been juggling this late night thing and like <laughs> juggling doing so much from a young age you've been juggling and hustling realize. from the age of nine yeah <laughs> didn't even realize but yeah must have been um and were you what was your role in the show yeah so it was the children's choir which was actually like not the back like we were basically the backing vocals for the whole show and we wouldn't actually leave the stage we were given like these we had moments where we'd be like center stage and like directly doing stuff but then throughout the whole show we were kind of like on these stairs that meant that we sank absolutely every song apart from like one there was like a raunchy scene where we'd had to leave um, but we'd all just watch it from the side like by the time we'd done the show like three times we would all sing those parts and we knew it all well that's the first time that anyone's brought it's obviously a link to music but from the musical aspect to yeah to what's I love in the musicals. Mm. what's your favorite love music oh the best you've seen oh I mean, Joseph is up there. It's just near to my heart. And I think it's biblical. I love all that. Um, but I I have to say Lion King. I think visually that is stunning. And how the actual humans become so animalistic is nuts. Like, they are, that's a proper musical. Like, they are acting serious, serious. Where do you stand? And be careful what you say here. Where do you stand on The Greatest <laughs> Showman, the film? Oh, do you know what? There's well, there's that one bait song that I love. I mean, the rest of it. I'm not really into. No, no. 
Okay. No. I'm glad I'm glad you say that because <laughs> it's one of the three things my mum will listen to is the soundtrack oh, really? over and over and over. No, they, there are a couple of cute songs. <laughs> if I need to hear Aww. This Is Me once more, this won't be me. I'll be out. <laughs> um, oh, well, that's, that's an amazing um, sort of alternative angle to bring. That's great. Um, so two items down. What's your third, please? Right, the third is not to hand, unfortunately, but then we're going to go back to to hand things. <laughs> but it's a photo, which is quite embarrassing to be honest. This is a little collage of oh. this is the this is the first time I ever went to carnival, and that's the first <laughs> time I wore a costume at carnival. And oh, right, carnival changed my life. Honestly, I I don't know anybody that is a, more of an advocate for carnival than me. I was never allowed to go up until the age of however old I was there. I think it was 2010. So I was, I can't even do the maths, but I was 10-ish, 11, something like that. Um, and my mum never used to let me go. I used to stay at home with my cousin and her dad because our mums would go. And I, she just kept me hidden from it for so long. And I didn't really know what I was missing, really. I just every year go to Uncle Burton's, used to do a little sleepover. That was the standard. And my mum would go have the time of her life, clearly. Um, and it wasn't until one year he was like, I'm just not doing this kids thing on this bank holiday thing anymore. Like, you lot, like, we're not doing it anymore. So they thought they had to take us. And I was like, hold on a minute. So all these years you've been going to this and this is what I've been missing. Like, I couldn't believe how good it was. I just love Carnival so much. And I think, oh, like the music has always been uh, a part of my life. But ever since Carnival, it's just, it's just taken over. It's literally, I always say it's, it's better than my birthday and Christmas. And I love Christmas. (laughs) So that's a big thing for me to say. (laughs) Oh, well, this year, obviously, it's not going ahead because of what's gone on. Oh, what are you going to do in, to market instead? You're going to have to decorate the house or something. Oh, do you know what? There's, they're doing a virtual carnival. Okay. Um, How do we feel about it that? Be the same. It, can't, it cannot be replicated. I think just let it go. I'm still trying to come to terms with it, but just let it go. Let's skip a year. And then we go again harder next year. But I'm honestly devastated. Like, I always used to complain, we should not have to wait 365 days to do this. We shouldn't. <laughs> and now it's like 365 times two. Like, <laughs> no one warned me about this would ever happen. And like, oh, it's awful. Like since I was suddenly allowed to go, I've not missed a year. Like I'd have to be at a very, very bad point in my life if I was to miss one. So for this one to just be ripped from me, is devastating i was ready for that again this year um but no there's so many people that just come on the monday or just do the sunday i'm like this is birthday and christmas combined give me i am there from the start <laughs> to the end and chucking an after party chucking everything i am this is i'm the literally the most happy on those two days do you have a routine like we'll go for this stage or this street or whatever or do you kind of just let it take you wherever it goes because it's a busy place and like it's one of those kind of events where it's like okay there might be one or two areas in particular you want to go to but everything else you kind of got to go with the tide I guess yeah so do you know what I've only ever not been in a band once and I said I'm never doing that again I've actually got an auntie that runs one of the bands 
So she's responsible for like the costumes and they have their own truck and sound system and DJs and my cousin's a dancer so she choreographs like dances and they're actually a youth club, it's called Tropical Isles and they're based in like Hackney. They're actually like a youth, it's like a youth organisation and their final big project of the year is carnival so all year round they'll train children to like make the costumes, they'll train dancers and they do like other um, like wellbeing stuff as well and then their final project project is carnival and I usually slip in just for the carnival bit (laughs) and um, yeah I'm not really a out of the band type of girl because honestly I can't do it because I think I'd end up getting more upset and because it's my birthday and Christmas combined (laughs) if I don't have the most maximum amount of fun then it's just I can't do it again because it's two precious days even the journey from the journey alone that central line from Stratford up to Ladbroke Grove or wherever we get off it's just the oh everyone's happy playing music just oh it's a great time it's good vibes and as you say sadly not happening this year but you know so maybe sad. maybe next year they need to make it into four days and then you'll have birthday christmas birthday christmas exactly <laughs> i agree um, let's do that those pictures are so well the first picture is so sweet of you at your first one and then um <laughs> the second one as you say in your outfit and you and as you've said there you wear do you wear a different outfit every year or is it the same one and you just, and you kind of have just yeah. like you kind of take it out of the wardrobe every year and you're like yeah it's carnival weekend well no so basically i've only actually done costume twice but the last couple last two years um because you don't have to do costume there's also like the t-shirt option which is cheaper and cheerfuler um (laughs) so that's what me and my friends tend to go to just to make it fair like everyone is all right and just doing t-shirt but i have said that actually i would love to go to the trinidad carnival because that's like other than like brazil the one in trinidad and tobago is like the biggest of it's just the most popular um and that's on a caribbean island and i said you know what england doesn't even deserve me in a costume i'm saving it to like <laughs> when i go to trinidad so i'm on i'm on pause with the costumes because i need everything for when i go to trinidad at some point and guaranteed sunshine as well in trinidad so you don't have to worry exactly. about being rained on like you get the most out of it and they get the exactly. most out of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, well, thank you for those. That is your third item. So picture of you yeah. um, at Carnival from sort of a few years ago and then more recently. Um, fourth item, please, Afia. This is hey. the old pass. I nice. think, yeah, you probably get this. <laughs> I think this is important because in terms of music, I think it was nice to be granted this Um and it kind of just made me think, actually, because I think, you know, you kind of go through different career ideas and like, I used to want to be a banker, I used to want to be an actress and da da da. And this felt the most natural. Like, I remember the interview um, to join Radio 1 on Extra and the Asian Network on the internship. And I just, like, I just remember barely having to prepare. Obviously, that sounds terrible, but I didn't. <laughs> For the actual, you know, they sometimes give you pre-prepared questions, like, oh, this is what we were going to touch on. And I thought, you're going to, like, that's what you're going to ask me. Like, that's that's cool. Like, let's just go. Um, obviously, yes, there was a lot of preparation in terms of um, they asked you to kind of show links to your previous work and that sort of thing. So I wasn't just doing nothing and then just bagged the job. Like, I was doing stuff um, in the lead up, which worked as relevant um, experience. 
But I remember just getting that and I thought, wow, like, just because you love music and you're passionate about music and you've managed to express that, you've now got this job where, like, music is at the centre and you can just be yourself. And it just felt like, right, like, this is actually something that I could actually do. It felt like the most... um, I felt the most at home at work for the first time. I mean, before that, I'd only ever done a paper round and worked at Superdrive, <laughs> but <laughs> I definitely didn't feel at home there. But this is the first time I felt like, okay, work can actually be cool. Like, let me not just say I'm never going to work. <laughs> like, work is actually reasonable and you can actually do something that you love, so... Here's a question. Now, Reese Parkinson also brought on his passes. He was an intern like us. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's obviously now gone on to present at One Extra. Um, how many applications did it take you to get your internship? I know, was Reese's four? I think so. Mine was eight. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, do you know I only done it once? Oh, take a <laughs> take a bow. Thank you. <laughs> now, what I saw there was three different lanyards on your pass. <laughs> so you could say those lanyards represent Radio One, One Extra, Asian Network, and you—that was my five. Yeah, you, you've kind of done a, a bit of everything. What have you learned yeah. most there from each of them, and how do they differ? Oh, do you know what I always say that I love the Asian network for how unapologetically Asian it is um, based on like who works there, the content, the topics that they discuss, like um, Mobin show. That show, um, I used to, I worked on there quite a lot at one point and it was great, like really, really good. And like for the first time, which I thought was actually quite strange, I got to like go out and do Vox Pops for the show and really get hands-on and actually talk about Asian issues. Um, and there was, like, a One Extra Asian Network, um, One Extra Talks, Mobin collab at one point as well. Um, and working on that was great. And I liked that, yeah, they talk about Asian issues without beating around the bush or doing anything. Like, I love that about them. I think, for me, like, I've freelanced basically my whole time. So other than being on the internship, I feel like I haven't actually like got to see anything through like I always say that it's a almost like I'd love to be full-time but obviously I was at uni um but it's like as a freelancer you're there but you're not there um so you do feel a little bit detached sometimes but I have you know on the other side really enjoyed just the people that you meet and you go to work and literally do not know who you're going to come across. You don't also know if you're going to go home the time that you've meant to go home. <laughs> you don't know whose party you're going to get dragged to. You don't know what album this... Like, there's always something which I thoroughly enjoy because um, it's very unpredictable. Um, you literally don't know who you meet. That canteen is just full of people that have so many different things and opportunities. And I think it's just a great building to be a part of Um Every day I go to work and I'm like, this is just another... Like, you could just do anything, which I really love. Um, But, yeah, I've just enjoyed meeting loads of different people who have similar passions, similar interests, and they just get it. Like, as I said, it just, as a whole, just feels very homely for me personally. Amazing. Could you give us your final object, please? Sure. Um, This is... 
my Afro Nation Festival wristband. <sighs> this, hands down, was the best festival I've ever been to in my entire life. I literally, I think at one point everyone was like, you're literally the Jehovah Witness of Afro Nation. Like when I came back, I was like, could tell you from like location to lineup to just the setup in terms of like the schedule, everything was 10 out of 10. I cannot fault it at all. Other than the fact that it's not happening this year, but that's not their fault. But I have nothing bad to say about it. It was the best thing I've ever been to in my life. It was so good. Oh, amazing. Where was it? Um, Portugal. Amazing. It was my first time in Portugal. And I think, again, I was like the organiser. I mean, I have to say, big up me for finding <laughs> the best Airbnb. I found the best Airbnb. We were literally like not even a stone throw away from where it was all happening. We we're like on the strip. We I also planned it so that we got there, I think about five days early. So we basically had a girls holiday where we could like tan up, just get used to the surroundings. We basically sorted out like we had a breakfast lady who like had our breakfast ready before we got there. And it was like every day as the festival got nearer, more people used to come and we knew that it was just gonna get packed and everything was just gonna get busy. But our full English was ready for us <laughs> without us even having to order like straight away so that was great um yeah it was great Portugal's really nice very very nice and it was the perfect location I can't, oh it was so good so so good and who was playing there that was like who was the best person you saw there oh do you know what? I kind of I could kind of seen most people already but it's not even about that um I think in terms of music and historically, Buju Banton was on the lineup and he'd only just come out of prison at this point. And like, no, he'd, he'd been out for a bit, but he'd been in prison for years. And mm. seeing him perform was like, he, at the time he had like a, I forgot what he used to call it, but there was like a, a the return of Buju Banton type of thing where you had to go to Jamaica or I had to go to like a Caribbean island to see him, which wasn't really happening. And then he appeared on the Afro Nation lineup. And I think... Not many people appreciated it, but I definitely appreciate it. I remember chucking my phone and losing it at that point. Oh, I no. Found it. Like, no, I found it, though. It was literally just looking... It was poking itself out of the sand because <laughs> I had a moment. But, yeah, not everyone else appreciated it as much as me. But, yeah, I mean, having him on the lineup was a big, big deal. I don't know if everyone else really took that in, but I definitely did. <laughs> so, <laughs> next year, fingers crossed for... The return of Carnival and the return of Afro Nation. Yeah. What's Afro Nation if Carnival is your birthday and Christmas? What's Afro Nation? Oh, that is a good one. <sighs> Do you know the thing about Afro Nation? Unfortunately, I don't think it can be done again in the way it was done. I think there's a novelty of it being new because it was the first time they'd ever done it as well. And I think the people that went... Because obviously, bear in mind, do you remember that fire festival on Netflix? Mm -hmm. So that had a lot of people sceptical <laughs> about Afro Nation. I mean, they're nothing to do with each other. But off, off the back of that, a brand new festival was not what many people were trying to chuck their money at. But then there's the serious people like me who had faith and my <laughs> friends and like all the people that did go. And I think because we were clearly on the same wave, like the whole festival was on the same wave of like, we are gonna have the best time. This is not fire festival. <laughs> so I think now that everyone saw it and saw how popular it was, 
it's gonna be filled with all the wrong not the wrong people but it's like you were in a first year who trusted it now you're just a tag along who just saw that it looked good we were the originals so i think next year it'll be good but we're gonna get people that don't really like the music they just saw how good it was and it's gonna lose its like it's gonna lose it a little but yeah i don't know what to call it i don't know what i would say it is because christmas ugh, i don't know afro nation is just a great time give it, it give was it. a great time Give it the the birthday of your best mate. <laughs> yeah, your I'll be- give it that. Your best mate's birthday. Reason for you to celebrate exactly. and party as well. Um, exactly. Well, this has been an amazing sort of array of different experiences, be it events like um, when you were in uh, Joseph or events yeah. such as Carnival and Afro Nation to actual objects like your iPod, um, which mm-hmm. I now want to delve out and find my shuffle after this go Um, for it but the final thing i need from you please is we have a hall of fame at what's in the bag where we enter it might be the item that means the most to you it might be the most random item it might be the one you think would look funniest on our hall of fame which Uh would you like to enter into our what's in the bag hall of fame i don't know i think maybe the joseph frame just because, as you said, like you hadn't really had the music to musical uh, sort of conversation. So I chucked that in. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's not as common, let's say, to mm-hmm. have just randomly been in a musical. I mean, m- m- much more people would have been to a festival and did that. So I won't chuck in that. Um, and yeah, Joseph was honestly a great time. Like, all of my family were like, we have never seen you smile that much. Like, it was cute. <laughs> so I will chuck that in the Hall of Fame. Well, I'm going to go and find out what Lee Mead is getting up to these days after this. Isn't <laughs> go for it. Let me know. I think he had a baby or something. Probably. <laughs> I will do. Um, Afia, thank you so much for this. Really appreciate you coming That's on the right. podcast. I've had fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of What's in the Bag. Please leave us a rating, comment, and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. That means that each episode will drop right into your lap as soon as it's here. Follow at WITBpod on Twitter and Instagram to get info about when each episode is coming and who my next guest will be. And a final thank you to Johnny Robinson for providing the music for What's in the Bag and Charlie Shreve for creating the artwork. You can find more of his work at Charlie Shreve Design on Instagram.